The following podcast is brought to you by the BICBP Radio Network. Hello, listeners. Welcome to a very festive episode of Retro Pop. I am one of your hosts. I am the Jolly Johnny Townsend. I'm joined by uh, the head elf himself, Mister Mister Matt Johnson. Merry Christmas. <laughs> I must have missed her. I don't know why. <laughs> I, I was like, "What is he doing?" He is little, little, <laughs> little tongue tied there. Just a but, little bit. Um, I'm getting yes, excited. I am too, a little bit. Um, oh man, as somebody who gets exhausted and overwhelmed very easily every day, Christmas time is the worst time for that. And I'm glad we're finally on the uh, on the downswing of that chaos. Uh, as oh yeah. Personally, uh, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's I, literally days away as as of as, a, a, a as of recording. Yep, as of recording time, December twenty second, twenty nineteen, at ten twenty a.m. Uh, I'm still not complete with Christmas shopping yet, <laughs> but luckily I only have a few more things to get. I'm not, I'm pretty proud of myself, but, uh, but yeah, uh, it's, it's, you know, Christmas is a great time for everybody and we understand that not everybody may celebrate this holiday, whatever your holiday may be. Um, you know, happy that to you, happy holidays to you. Uh, but for, you know, I mean, for myself and Johnny, I, I think this is an excellent topic. You know, we did Halloween, uh, you know, way back in October, and we didn't do it. Did we do a Thanksgiving themed episode? I can't remember. No, we didn't even give thanks for anything. Okay. Uh, <laughs> no, we didn't, did we? We refused. Uh, so, I mean, this is something that that's been a big part of our lives, and we're very excited to talk about this this very special holiday. You know, holiday f- for us and uh, a certain gentleman that uh, you know widely associated with the with the holiday. Ho, ho, ho! Merry Christmas, indeed! We're talking about Santa Claus himself. Uh, So, let's, Matt, if you're ready, let's jump right into our own personal history with the Jolly Elf himself. Okay, people, tomorrow morning, 10 a.m., Santa's coming to town! Santa! Oh, my God! Santa here? I know him! I know him! So, of course, I grew up uh, loving Santa Claus. Still love Santa Claus to this day. Some of my favorite Christmas movies are Santa Claus involved heavily. Like, literally, The Santa Claus. I love that movie. Watch it every year. Ernest Saves Christmas is very heavy with Santa Claus. Love that movie. Those are probably my two favorite uh, movies I have to watch every year during this time. Uh, I am a giant Santa Claus fan. I just love everything he stands for. Now... As I've gotten older, I've recognized some of the creepier aspects of Santa Claus. <laughs> he's literally Don't we breaking, all, though? Yeah, he's literally breaking into our homes, but he's doing it for a good reason. He's leaving good things, good tidings of joy underneath the tree. But, uh, yeah, I, man, especially as a kid, I can't tell you how many uh, Christmas Eves I would just wait to see if I could just even hear Santa Claus on my roof. You know, I would just sit there, even though I didn't have a chimney, I would just sit there and listen to see if I could hear some reindeer or some sleigh bells jingling. And I would always be happy when I'd wake up the next day and there'd be an awesome gift. You know, I don't want to brag, Matt, but one year, uh, this goes back to a, a previous episode, one year for Christmas, Santa Claus brought me a Nintendo Entertainment System. Did he? Yes, he did. And he that brought me a awesome. Sega Genesis once, too, I believe. Ooh, look yeah. at you. Look yeah. at you. Yeah, I've always gotten some of my best video game stuff uh, for Christmas time. I'll never forget the uh, uh, when Crash Bandicoot was super popular. Never forget yes. that. Uh, I got the first one, the very first one. I was like, man, this is all I want for Christmas. You know, it's it looks so cool. I, remember the, I still remember the cover art for the PS1 disc. And I got it. I remember, like, crying tears of joy. And probably one of the happiest memories. Uh, you know, I've gotten so much cool stuff. Now, let me ask figures, you real quick. Toys. I, let yeah. me ask you real quick. Crash Bandicoot-related question here. Yes. Um, I, too, grew up loving those, those games. Uh, 
I recently, uh, as in within this past year, you know, they re-released them. That's uh, Insane Trilogy, yep. Yes. And uh, CTR, yep. Did you play it? Yes, I did, and I very much enjoyed uh, both yes. both those uh, reimaginings of it. I, I really did. It was it I brought love back them. a lot of memories. I love them, then it brought back the memories of how hard they are. <laughs> yes. They yeah, were very and, difficult. And the newer games were a little bit tougher, too, because the, yeah. uh, the controls felt a little bit heavier. Like, you press the X button, there's a little bit of delay in the jump. But, right, yeah. Um, no, I... I I thought it was great. I, it, it's it brought back a lot of great memories for me. I remember also getting. Uh, I think I got every Crash Bandicoot game through Christmas. Uh, for like when Warped came out, the third one. Yeah. I got um, a little stuffed Crash that I carried with me into my parents. Did one of their famous. Hey, we're gonna take you out and, and do some stuff, and then he just disappeared, kind of things. But uh, <laughs> but uh, that's a travesty. You know, just, Travesty, but I, I've got I, yeah. I have so many great memories of, of receiving presents on Christmas time, and obviously, uh, while I no longer really receive toys, uh, even though I still, as a twenty-eight-year-old man, I still uh, would you know like that. You know, it's that it, it, it hasn't changed. You know what I mean? Santa Claus has always been a very important fixture uh, in my life. One of the, my favorite parts about Christmas time is generosity is inspiring. Yes, it, it really is uh, when you put it that way. So, uh, you know, it's I always feel I'm a pretty miserable person 364 <laughs> days out of the year. And there's something about Christmas time that really brings out the best of me. But just Christmas Day, not the other day, not like Christmas Eve or anything like that. Yeah. But, You're miserable uh, up until Christmas Day. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Pretty much. It, it, just the atmosphere, being around family, even though I'm around my family at least way more than I I probably should be for my own sanity, but uh, there's just something about the, <laughs> the the meaning behind the day. Uh, yeah, you know that I, I really enjoy so much. Yeah, I it is that is one of the things about as you get older, because you know when you're younger, it's all about oh man, I can't. I hope Santa brings me this. I hope Santa brings. Yeah. Me. It's it's about the getting, and then when you get older, it's way more about uh, getting something for somebody and just seeing their face, especially if you're getting something for a kid. Oh yeah, and seeing their face that's, light up, it just—I don't—I can't think of anything that's that would top that, honestly. No, and it's 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 kind of a cool perspective too, because I mean, it probably took me until high school to realize that it's the the giving part is way more satisfying than the getting part. Yeah, same. Uh, you know, which is, I mean, yeah, when you're a kid, of course, you're materialistic, you want stuff, but uh, yeah. And let yeah, me put this I, out here too: uh, me and Matt still like getting stuff. Hint, hint, uh, listeners. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Buy a T-shirt, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no, I'm I'm in. You know, I, I really do enjoy get, getting stuff, even though you know it's harder to you know it, it just the holidays become harder when you get older too, especially when you're married. Uh, you know, I I stress out all the time, and it's always tough because you're always trying to one up somebody. Yeah, seeming like when you're giving, you know, or you're trying to one up yourself from last year. Like uh, the second year, my wife and I were together. As uh, just a couple, I bought her a dog. I haven't been able to top the dog. We've been together for, I think, six years total now. So uh, <laughs> I peaked too early. Not a bad thing. Uh, my buddy Prince, the podcasting pooch. But, uh, you know, it's it's hard. You just try to find balance and, you know, I don't know. It's, it is a challenge, though. It really is. Yeah, for sure. I think everybody kind of goes through that. But, but thankfully... We got a man up in the North Pole who helps us out. Yes, you aren't kidding. So let's get into the real history of Santa Claus. Ow. So you think Santa will like these red and green M&Ms? I don't know. I never met the guy. <laughs> he does exist. He do exist. Uh, Santa? So I'm kind of dividing this up, and all this comes from my sources, history, the History Channel's website, history.com. Uh, let's kind of get into the history of old St. Nick here. Um, sorry, I had to get my notes ready. Here we go. Uh, I'm kind of dividing this up a little bit. I'm going to first jump into the actual legend of the real man, uh, St. Nicholas. So let's get into it. The legend of St. Nicholas. Uh, a lot of your historians think it's around 280 A.D. when a monk named Nicholas was born in modern-day Turkey. 
Uh, he was actually born fairly rich. He inherited wealth from his family. However, he would give all that away, and then he would begin to travel around and help the sick and the poor. And he becomes famous for this. And he actually becomes known as the protector of children. Uh, he became so famous that, of course, he became a saint. He officially became a saint. And then, on top of that, he has a day, uh, December 6th, that's the day that he passed away, but it's actually a day of celebration uh, of his life and the things that he stood for, and it's a feast day. Like, people get together in some of the European countries and, and such, and they celebrate his life and have a giant feast. Hmm. Uh, and actually, he becomes even more popular as time goes on. Uh, for example, in the Renaissance era, it is said he is by far, by then, he's by far the most popular saint in Europe. Now, I know over here in America, which is where you and I are, um, it's, there. obviously there are, you know, uh, the Catholic Church is here, but it's not near as prominent as it is or definitely was in Europe at one right. point. Uh, so I don't know if we realize how much of a big deal saints kind of were, especially back then. Huge deal, huge yes. deal. A very different take on Christmas and, and Saint Nick, uh, of course, too, over in Europe and uh, not too many, but small parts of Asia as well. Yeah, and I'll actually cover some of that here shortly. Uh, but it's he was, and I would still think, because, you know, I was trying to think off the top of my head some of the other saints that I remember from history class, and I'm having some trouble, but Saint Nick I would remember right off the top of my head. <laughs> So I would dare say he's still the most popular one, I would think. Yeah, I would definitely say so. Uh, so, but how does that translate to him coming to America, where you could argue that's where he sort of got the biggest? Um, let's go to December of 1773. Uh, this is when uh, Dutch families that had come over from Europe, obviously. Uh, they would come to America, and they would gather, and they would bring their traditions with them, sort of, and they would gather together to honor St. Nicholas on December 6th. And Dutch actually called him, this is their name for him, Sinterklaas. Uh, this is short for their uh, for what uh, St. Nicholas is in Dutch. Don't ask me to pronounce it because I can't. <laughs> but they would shorten that term to Sinterklaas. Uh, 1804. This is when historian um, when a historian John Pittard handed out woodcuts and the, on these woodcuts, you know, um, they would depict the annual feast of St. Nick. And in the background of these pictures were stockings filled with toys that were hung over a fireplace. So that's kind of where that sort of came from. Interesting. And then 1809, the story of St. Nick gets even bigger when a well-known name, uh, an author by the name of Washington Irving, uh, wrote... The History of New York. And in this, and in this book, uh, he wrote that St. Nicholas was the patron saint of New York. So I kind of thought that was very interesting that Washington Irving, of all people, uh, sort of really helped uh, gain the popularity of uh, Santa Claus during this time. He really pushed forth the image of St. Nick. Okay. And then we get to 1822. And this is a big time. This is when Clement Clark Moore wrote the very famous "'Twas the Night Before Christmas." And all through the house, not a creature was stirring, not even a mouse. And this became the most popular version of Santa Claus. Uh, this is when we've uh, added the reindeer, the sleigh, all that's introduced here in this story. Uh, and then 1881 comes around. And a man who's very famous, too, for his political cartoons by the name of Thomas Nast. It's a name I recognize for sure. Oh, yeah. Uh, he actually is the one who drew, based on uh, Moore's poem, Twas the Night Before Christmas, he drew an image of Santa Claus to go along with the poem. And that sort of becomes our modern-day our modern day image of Santa Claus. And then in the 1840s, so we're moving up, uh, in the 1840s, stores would actually begin uh, would begin to advertise toys around Christmas. So around Christmas of, time? What? Yes. Who does that? I know. We start in July here in America. Of. We start in July here in America. What's that, 4th of July? Nah, Christmas time. That's right. <laughs> but apparently before the Civil War, 
It was around Christmas time. Uh, and Santa Claus, this is when he was first used in advertisements for toys. 1841, uh, Philadelphia store. I couldn't find the name of the store, and I looked at a couple different places. But there was a store in Philadelphia, or a shop is a smaller place. They actually had a real-life Santa Claus model. Like, they had a, uh, a life-size model of Santa Claus. And they put it in their store. And this became a humongous hit. To the point of thousands of kids actually showed up just to see this Santa Claus. And this, of course, sparked an idea in other stores. And that's when we started getting uh, a real person, a real Santa Claus in a store. And, you know, kids can come and meet Santa Claus and tell them what they want for Christmas. Hmm. 1924. This is also a big year. There's a little movie that came out in the 30s and then it was remade. And it's also one of the movies I absolutely love. I love both the original and the remake. Uh, Miracle on 34th Street. Amazing movie. Santa Claus in 1924. That's when he first appeared in the Macy's Thanksgiving Parade. Uh, This was huge. Macy's was fairly huge back then. That's another thing I don't think people realize. Because I know in today's day, maybe in New York they're way, way bigger. But I know like down here in the South, uh, Macy's is uh, it's not nowhere near as a well-known place that people go to anymore. No, it's it's slowly starting to die out because I mean it's such a huge mall fixture. They don't really there's not really any standalone Macy's stores around here. They're all you know in malls, but they're still active. They're doing better than Sears and uh, J.C. Penney. But uh, oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, Macy's. Uh, I mean it's 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 kind of crazy how. Uh, how much things have really changed uh, over the years for places like that? Yeah, and there's a part in the movie because I went. I've already watched both the remake and the original this year. Uh, they're on Disney Plus. Is your free plug for Disney Plus? Uh, there's a point in the movie where the kind of the, kind of the main uh, reason that they keep Santa Claus around because they're going to fire him. But the main reason they keep him around is he actually starts telling parents where the other stores that can find these toys if there's better deals or or whatever. Like, he would send them to other stores. And this made Macy's seem like a store that actually cared about the people instead of the profit. And it made them really popular. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah, I'm kind of wondering why, like, other stores... I wonder if other stores have actually really tried this in real life. I kind of think it might work. <laughs> I think so. I mean, that's... That's really, I mean, that's really neat. That's good customer service first and foremost. Yes. But secondly, uh, that's like unheard of in today's business structure. You people almost never do that. Like that's, I mean, even as commercialized as Christmas is, that's really really cool uh, from a spirit of Christmas kind of perspective. Yeah, for sure. And. Honestly, I think especially in today's age where we're way more cynical and uh, we're sort of, and it's everybody, it's me included. I'm not just you know, pointing at anybody out here, but uh, we're kind of looking for, well, if something's good, then something kind of bad's behind it, <laughs> you know, type of deal. I kind of think that would really be a hit now, just something different, you know, like, hey, if we don't have this, go to this store instead type of deal. Uh, so if you're not getting all your podcast needs with, uh, you know, Retro Pop, then please feel free to go to... Uh, many of the other podcasts on our network. Yeah, like the two-point conversation, the panel discussion, Section 6 WrestleCast, Harley Kayfabe. Just yeah, retro, you know, retro Bliss, uh, History Creeps, any of those. Uh, <laughs> I just realized you actually have more podcasts than me. I'm sorry. <laughs> you just realized that? Yes. I feel like I have too many and you got more than I do. How I, do we do it? <laughs> I don't know. I can't wait. For, I, I'll tell you what, though. I can't wait for... High school wrestling season to be over with already because I am that <laughs> overwhelmed right now. Winter time, like this is the part. This adds to my stress of Christmas time with all the damn podcasts that I throw myself into. But I guess I'm a glutton for punishment. Yeah, you even do live commentary on that stuff. Yeah, yes I do. Uh, yeah, free plug. I'm whooped. Free I'm plug whooped. for Matt. Free plug. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> and 1933, uh, this is when Coca Cola. Of course, we all know, all know who Coca-Cola is. They began to use Santa Claus in their ad campaign. This became so huge that a lot of people actually think that Coca-Cola is the reason that we have the image of Santa Claus we have today. But that's not true. They based their Santa Claus on the Thomas Nash drawing from almost 70 years before that. But it was that popular that people thought that they were the reason that we think of Santa Claus the way we do now. 
It was a humongous smash hit for them. Uh, but that kind of brings us to uh, how we view Santa Claus today. You know, the red suit, you know, the kind of, uh, the he's very jolly. You know, he's got the reindeer. Then Rudolph obviously comes along in the 60s. Uh, you know, then, of course, all these songs that we all sing about Santa Claus, you know, checking his list. He's going to check it twice. He's going to see who's naughty or nice. Uh, there's all kinds of things that come from Santa Claus around this era. All due to pop culture, because Santa Claus becomes such a huge pop culture icon now. Uh, but how do people kind of, you know, just because we have a Saint Nick, there are Santas around the world. So let's kind of go around the world. Let's do a little globetrotting, as they say, Matt. Yes. Let's go to Switzerland and Germany. Uh, Chris Kringle, of course, that's the name I've obviously heard. Chris Kringle would bring presents for well-behaved kids. And Scanda, uh, Scandinavia, I'm going to mispronounce this, but Joel Tomton, he was a jolly elf that brought gifts in a slave that was actually pulled by goats. Uh, in England, Father Christmas would fill kids' stockings. In France, Père Noël would fill kids' shoes with treats. In Russia, uh, this was the one I found the most fascinating. In Russia, uh, Babushka, was this elderly, which was a name I'd heard of, and I knew it was an elderly lady, but I didn't know the whole story behind her. Have you ever heard of Babushka, Matt? I have not. Alright, so look, this is a, this one's kind of fascinating to me. So, Babushka is this elderly lady, and she will leave uh, gifts on kids' bedsides. But the reason for this is back when Jesus was being born, and the wise men were trying to find Jesus, they come up to her, and she purposely gives them wrong directions. And for decades after that, she feels beyond guilty about this. And so she goes around trying to leave presents for kids as a way to sort of try to make up for this thing that she had done. Hmm. Yeah, kind of fascinating. And she also kind of hopes that one of these kids may be Jesus. So she's sort of trying to make up for the mistake that she made all those years ago. I thought that was really fascinating. That is a uh, cool story. Yeah, and there's actually other countries that have very similar stories to all those. But that's sort of the, the deal here. I mean, um, many countries have a, a, a tale of someone who uh, kind of selflessly gives to others during this time of the year or during when during a certain time of year. And that's kind of where we all kind of can, as a, as a world, can kind of unite on this. There's a, we all have a version of Santa Claus, as they say. Uh, but that's all we got for the history of Santa Claus, man. Are you ready for uh, a little bit of your time now? Yeah, I think let's get into Matt stats. Alright, so I didn't really know exactly how to go about stats for Santa Claus. Um, there's quite a few ways I could go. Um, yeah, because in, some... in fairness to you, he's uh, notoriously a private person, so it's not like he's going to be you know, posting these things everywhere. Yeah, right. He's not He's not open. He's, he's He doesn't look for attention uh, you know, in all the wrong places. So I'm kind of – I went a slightly different route. So I'm going to read off what I got. First and foremost – um, is the science of Santa Claus. I thought this was really cool. A uh, An article by Victoria Wollaston of the DailyMail.co.uk uh, did some science for that, so for Santa Claus. I thought it was really cool. Um, so first and foremost, based on population figures, Santa delivers gifts to about 1.6 billion children over Christmas Day. This requires visiting 5,556 homes a second, as well as eating 150 billion calories in milk and mince pies. Well, that's probably an English thing, but at least over here it's cookies. Yeah, it's cookies so, for sure here. Yeah, it's definitely cookies. Uh, that is a lot of calories. Did uh, you ever leave anything besides cookies out for Santa Claus? I One time I think we left cheesecake out. Oh, my God. I, <laughs> that sounds good. No, I think it's always been cutouts. My mom always made the cutouts yeah. uh, and left the cutout cookies for, um, for Santa and uh, granted, I was never shy of germs, so even if there was a bite mark or in them, I would still finish those cookies. Uh, so, oh, yeah. I, had, I had cheesecake. <laughs> Don't put bad. 
I'm so jealous of that tradition. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah, Lucky I Santa. A, I love a good cheesecake. Hang on. <laughs> that sounds really good. Yeah, me too. Uh, cheap plugging towards our next episode. Uh, with an average of 2.5 children per household, Santa will need to make 640 million stops on Christmas Eve. Each child needs approximately 80 centimeters of wrapping, uh, which would stretch 1.5 million miles overall. The total number of presents would set Santa back, and this is in euros because it's from UK, 279.27 billion. Uh, so, damn. Well, kids keep asking for more expensive things. Yeah, inflation, it, it just gets you every time. Uh, there's what, Assuming each present average out about .008 metric, uh, oh, God, I don't even know what that measurement is. I'm so old. Uh, M cubed. So uh, we'll just roll with that. I think they use the metric system over there, so I think that's part of that. Uh, the warehouse would need to cover the same space as 240000 double-decker buses for Santa's deliveries. Uh, but thanks to different time zones and the rotation of the Earth, Santa technically has 32 hours to work with, uh, which is very impressive. Here's some uh, spending statistics for uh, family members, you know, buying each other gifts. Key Christmas shopping statistics. In 2018, holiday retail sales surpassed $1 trillion. So very, very commercialized holiday. 28.8% of U.S. shoppers start their Christmas shopping in November. Um, I am not a part of that that group. Uh, I legit started two weeks ago, and <laughs> here we are. So, uh, yeah. Have you ever went out? Of, have you ever went out for Black Friday? I've never. I think one time I, used to I went work out. For it. I, yes, I used to work in uh, at a Best Buy, and that's the only time I ever had to go out. And it's because I had. To. I I worked at Target, and most of the years I just do cart pushing. My last year there, they had me work as security, and I was like, oh, no, this is bad. It was every bit of chaotic as I expected it to be. Some lady was there first in line. She uh, she had been there since 3 o'clock on Thanksgiving, 3 o'clock. And I think the doors were opening at Target at 4 o'clock maybe uh, yeah. in the morning on Chris, uh, excuse me, Black Friday. She passed out five minutes before the door opened. Oh my gosh! And then she had to get taken away in an ambulance. So she wait. She pretty much wasted her Thanksgiving, uh, and being with friends and family for crappy deals from Target. Uh, so, so yeah. Uh, I mean, I, yeah. I worked. It's it's chaotic. People just all over the place. And I miss the hustle and bustle retail sometimes. But there's no way in hell you can get me to come back for that. No. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I, honestly, for anybody who works during this time of the year. In retail, I have vast amount of respect for them. Yeah, for sure, because it's not also, easy. Also, um, you might want to get out and find yourselves a better job that works Monday through Friday, because I have that, and my Christmas time is relatively wonderful for that reason. Uh, I can't do re- I can't do the retail thing no more. There's no there's just no way, no way. Uh, but well, yes, we do sympathize to you. But uh, for your own sanity, get a better job. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> All right, this probably is more so my uh, percentile. 62% of Americans buy their gifts in the week before Christmas. That is definitely me. In 2018, U.S. households spent an average of $1,536 during the Christmas holiday period. 23% of Christmas shoppers in the U.S. rely on social media to help them make the right choice. 14.2% of Americans sell their possessions to fund Christmas spending. That was almost me this year. Uh, Yeah, it... I almost lost my PS4 and Switch, but uh, I pulled it out. And 27.1 million real Christmas trees were sold in 2017. That is a important stat to me. I'm a big fan of the real Christmas tree. My wife, she claims she's allergic to them. I don't know how true that is, but uh, we've well, had she can't a come down day. here because uh, this is where they grow a lot of the Christmas trees in my state. Oh, man. <sighs> uh, and we are surrounded by pine trees everywhere. So uh, She's probably... Lion, because her family's been doing the fake the fake tree tradition. I'm not a big fan of it. I get it; it's cheaper, but there's nothing better than going out with your family and getting a real Christmas tree. Um, so so yeah. Uh, let's see. You mentioned that nearly half uh, yeah, of Americans. Uh, I'm glad don't you said the real. Yeah, I'm glad you said the real Christmas tree thing. Um, in my family, for easily easily had to be 30 years running. We had we would always get a real tree. My parents still do. Uh, and yeah. I, I, I partake in that, but I, I still wish 
you know, because eventually my kids. But you know, I'm I'm not allowed to wear the pants in my relationship apparently because I think there's just something about that smell, like of a Christmas tree. Oh, it's perfect. Yeah, I definitely understand why people go to fake trees, and I do not blame anybody for doing that at all. Yeah. It's way easier, and it's not it's not near as much a fire hazard or any of that stuff. So I totally get it. Uh, but there's just something about that smell of a Christmas tree. No, that will always bring back memories for me. Yeah, nothing, seriously, nothing beats it. I'm, I'm almost at the point where I'm going to let my wife have the fake Christmas tree, and I'm going to set up a real Christmas tree in the office space. I'm, I'm pretty much at that point right now. There you go. Uh, <laughs> two, uh, here's another one. Nearly half of Americans don't buy Christmas decorations, which is interesting. Uh, let's see. 46% of people have lied about liking a gift. That seems a low. I think people are lying about lying. <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah you're probably right about that uh, i think you're gonna here's the thing i think you can't appreciate that somebody thought of you to get you something even if you didn't like what they got I do, you i do as i'm older like there was a point i remember uh i was in like the third grade and I, or no excuse me fifth grade and i had just gotten out of like pokemon like i didn't want anything to do with it uh, which is weird looking back in hindsight, but I was like, okay, I've kind of grown out of this. And this the that year, an aunt, well, a, a former aunt, technically uh, divorced, she uh, she bought me a bunch of Pokemon stuff for for Christmas, and I I was just like, thanks, you know. Again, <laughs> yeah, I don't talk to her at all ever now because she's divorced from the family, but. Uh, but, yeah, no, that's definitely a real, very real thing, um, you know, when you ask for one. Oh, here's a perfect example. I love my wife to death. I just wanted to start this, this statement slash apology uh, with that comment. <laughs> All right. Two years ago, two years ago, really, really wanted a PlayStation 4 for Crash Bandicoot, uh, you know, that remake. And uh, I was like, yeah, can I get – I don't care if I get anything else. All I want is a PlayStation 4. My wife – in a group text with my family, goes, no, you don't need a PlayStation 4. How about some dress clothes? So I what I ended up getting, uh, or just clothing, boots, shoes, like stuff that I don't give a shit about. Excuse my language. Uh, <laughs> this but this is the worst, if you're, a, especially, I mean, even as an adult, but even if you're a kid, this is the worst Christmas ever if you're just getting clothes. Worst feeling. Yeah. I got work boots, which, okay, do I need them? Yes. But did I want them? No, I got dress shoes that I never asked for. See, this is that selfish inner child of me uh, and a bunch of other stuff. I'm like, thanks. Thanks. So I had like to to prove a point. I had to be openly disgusted with my gifts. And then the next day I ended up going to buy a PS4 anyways, despite them. But the fact <laughs> is the matter that I had to spend my own money on a PlayStation 4 instead of just you should, you should have dressed up in those clothes that they gave you and sat down on a couch and took a picture of yourself playing a PS4. <laughs> <laughs> I should have. I should have. I was still living at home with my parents at that time, too. Uh, so I very angrily went to the store and went to buy, buy a PS4. And <laughs> very angrily. Uh, here's another one. 47.4% of women want to get jewelry for Christmas. Thank you, my Zales card, for that, helping me out with that. Uh, 32.3% of men want gift vouchers for Christmas. I can definitely understand that. And, you know, it's better than socks and underwear. Uh, 60% of the people in the USA prefer to buy their holiday gifts online. Understandably, as the world gets more technologically advanced, online shopping is way more for us. Uh, 60% of U.S. shoppers who choose to shop at brick-and-mortar stores do so because it allows them to interact with the product. And that's very understandable, especially when buying clothes and so much more. Sending stuff back via mail is such a hassle uh, as well. 76% of U.S. consumers use computers to buy their Christmas gifts online. Uh, 23% of Christmas shoppers in the U.S. rely on social media. Kind of already mentioned that. Uh, let's see, what else we got here? High-income households are most li- more likely to buy- shop online for Christmas gifts. And that is pretty much it. Oh, Americans spend an average of $123 on their spouses for Christmas. And 22% of Americans believe their Christmas spending will leave them in debt. That is definitely me. Um, yeah, I think it's a I, lot of people. It's, yeah. I, I'm, I can't tell you how excited I was to skip over bills uh, this, this month. 
What's that student loan? I'm sorry, I can't. I got to buy Christmas presents. Yeah. <laughs> oh, sorry, sorry, car loan payment. I will not be paying you for the second month in a row because Christmas. That's Who needs a car? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So I mean, there's there's so many stats I can really get into. There's there's just a ton. Um, you know, like like this one. Fifty-one percent of Christmas shoppers buy gifts for themselves too. I'm very proud of myself. I only bought myself two things while Christmas shopping this year. So, pat on the back for me. But uh, yeah, that does it for Matt's stats. Let's get into Johnny's. Did you know? I know you're Scott Calvin. You know you're Scott Calvin. So let's make this simple. I say name. You say Scott Calvin. Name. Chris Kringle. Name? Santa Claus. Name? Père Noël. Babo Natale. Père's Nicole. Papa Gijo. Okay, Calvin. Maybe a couple hours in the tank will change your mind. Well, that's right, that's right. Now, normally here I would give you a lot of uh, interesting uh, and even strange facts that have to deal with our topic, but I kind of went a different route this time. Uh, in honor of Santa Claus, I have since the year 1963 in front of me a list of each year's most popular toy during that, during that year. Uh, now, I got this from a bunch of different sources. Uh, Wired is one. They actually just released a really good, and I recommend it, uh, video on YouTube that kind of goes through really discussing this. So some of the years may be switched around because it depends on the list you look at, but they're all very much similar. Uh, and we're going to do this a little different. Now, some of these... I don't know if Matt would ever get, so I'll probably just read some of these. But other ones, I think Matt could get if I give him some clues. Yeah. So we're going to see how many of these Matt can get. All right, 1963, Matt. Uh, I would say this one uh, is one for anybody who wanted, who was young but really wanted to cook like their parents. Easy Bake Oven. Bam, bam, thank you, ma'am. You got that one. 1964, Real American Heroes. G.I. Joe. There you go. Keep in mind, everybody. Keep in mind, real quick, too. I'm born in 1991, so um, yes. <laughs> so yeah. So pat on my back again. Let's All do right. this. 1965. This is a board game uh, where, uh, uh, like, if you touch the sides, you get operation. There you go. 1966. This is uh, this is a game, not a board game, but it's a game, interactive game, uh, where there's a mat and there's different colors on the mat. And you got to put certain body parts on certain colors of, of said mat. Naked Twister. Yes. yes. <laughs> I mean, just Twister. Uh. Well, how you want to play it is your business. <laughs> All right, 1967. Matt, you sunk my battleship. 1968. I had a bunch of these. They're still around today. Uh, when you're a kid, especially when you're really young, you like uh, cars and toy cars. Hot Wheels. There you go. 1969. This one this one was really strange to me. I never once, I mean, I've heard of these, but I never ever wanted one of these. Uh, it's, uh, I don't even, like, it's when you want to do experiments. Um, uh, when you get in high school, you actually have this as a class where you're putting together different elements in a, in a beaker. Oh, no. Yeah, this one's tough. You might not get this one. Um, is there another clue or can you reread? Um, me, I would say me and you as a team here have really good chemistry set. There you go. Okay. 1970. Uh, I'm just going to tell you this one cause I don't know how to explain it. A light bright. Oh, uh, I used to love light bright. I got the star Wars edition back when I was a kid. That's awesome. I always I wanted those. a I always wanted a light bright. Never got one. I uh, could not design very well on them at all. That was not, not my strength. Yeah, 1971. This is another thing I always wanted. Uh, these were these um, the these balls that you but had a handle on the top of them, and you could sit on them, and you would hop around. Oh, uh, I don't know. I don't know the name of it, but uh, you know what I'm talking about, there, right? I know exactly what you're talking about. They kind of made fun of it in that one South Park episode where Randy Marsh's <laughs> yes. balls were really big because of. Various reasons, so we get free yeah. weed. Uh, yeah, okay, yeah. all right. Yeah, they're, uh, they're called Space Hoppers. <laughs> yes. All right, 1972. Uh, this is a card game. Um, it's got numbers on the cards. Uh, if you uh, run out, you yell out the term. 
Uno. There you go. Uh, 1973. Uh, these came with two in each one. They helped you communicate with your friends. You can go to one room and another guy can go to another room. You can go. Uh, this ah. is Johnny over. Walkie talkies. There you go. 1974. We're going back to the realm of of uh, trucks and cars and toy cars. But this is a very famous brand. It's kind of when they came around and got prominent. Uh, they're probably well more known for like even younger kids would use these. Uh, they're very uh, nicely made. They usually made like construction toys, like you know. Is it Tonka? There you go. Yes. 1975. This might be my uh, my most favorite one on this whole list. Uh, this was a pet of some sorts, but this pet just never moved and kind of just stayed in one place the entire time. Very stone faced. <laughs> pet Rock. Yes. There you go. Uh, Why? Side note, Said okay, no, uh, boomer. Okay, boomers. No. <laughs> side, side note: I really recommend people looking up the story of the Pet Rock. It's very fascinating to me. Uh, 1976 is another game. Uh, if you get, uh, it's like a, it's, it's one versus one. Uh, one team is the red team. I think the other team it's either blue or black. I don't remember. And they kind of use checkers in a way, but uh, you try to get four in a row. Oh, connect four. There you go. 1977, we did an episode on this already, but these are the figures for this. Oh, the Zenner Toy Star Wars. There you go. Uh, 1978. Kenner, 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 I'm sorry. Yeah, Kenner, yes. 1978, uh, this game is, uh, it's it's another game where it's kind of a circular object and there's four different colors on it, and it would do a pattern and you'd have to match that pattern. Oh, crap. Uh, something Simon. There, you, Simon says. There. You yes, go. yes. All right, nineteen seventy nine. I would say this is the the very first, not the first, but it would be the first, the most popular first uh, home video game system. Atari. There you go. Nineteen eighty. Uh, these are um, these are square objects, and you try to match all the sides with one color. Rubik's cube. There you go. Nineteen eighty one. Uh, this is when these really these became really popular. Uh, the little bricks that you put together and make things out of them. Legos. There you go. Lego trains, and spe- uh, specifically, uh, 1982. Uh, what's something that kids like to ride around in a neighborhood? Bicycles. There you go. BMX bikes. Oh. Na- 1983. Uh, this is the year I was born. Um, I remember these, though, somehow, so these must have stayed around for a while. Uh, I don't know how to explain these, because they're really weird. Um, they're dolls, I would say, um, but they kind of, um, they were in a, I don't even know how to explain this one. Um, I'll give you one of the words, patch. Cabbage patch. Uh, 1984. Let's see if I can do this. <clears throat> I'm very proud of that. That's very Transformers. Close. Transformers. There you go. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'm very. Uh, that's. I'd always do that when I was playing with my Optimus Prime. Um, that's one of my favorite toys I ever got as a kid. Too. Uh, 1985. We've also covered this before. Uh, the one of the most popular game systems of all time. Nintendo Entertainment System. There you go. 1986. Uh, this was something where um, uh, there was a gun. And well, everybody had a gun, and then we all had these vests. And if you were shot, the vest would light up. Ah, laser tag. There you go. Uh, 1987. Uh, this was a game where uh, you would all build something uh, each a piece by piece, and then you would start taking out the pieces. And if it stayed up, you'd get to stay in the game. But if you knocked it over, you were out. Ah, Jenga. There you go. Uh, 1988. Uh, uh, who are you going to call? Ghostbusters. There you go, the toys from Ghostbusters. Uh, 1989, this is another Nintendo uh, thing, but this was handheld version. Game Boy. There you go, 1990. Uh, these uh, these guys were ninjas. Uh, we've also covered them on the show. Ah, TMNT. There you go. Uh, 1991. Year I was born. I always wanted one of these. Uh uh, probably the most famous, especially during this era, type of water gun. Oh, man. Super Soaker. There you go. Uh, 1992. This was the next version, the 16-bit version of the next Nintendo system. 
Super Nintendo. All right, 1993. This is, uh, even though she'd been around forever, uh, she actually got really popular again in 1993. Uh, probably one of the most well-known name brand recognized dolls of all time. Barbie. There you go. 1994. Uh, go, go. Power Rangers. There you go. I almost said go, go, gadget. <laughs> 1995. Uh, this was another very popular video game system. Uh, they, I think we'll, well, I know we'll eventually cover this one at some point. Uh, you talked about that the fact you got Crash Bandicoot for this. Yeah, the Sony PlayStation. There you go. 1996. Hee, hee, hee. Oh. Uh, think <laughs> Sesame Street. Oh, Tickle Me Elmo. There you go. I remember when that thing was huge. I'm not going to lie. I do remember <laughs> this. Uh, 1997. Uh, these were like little handheld. Tamagotchi. There you go. Yes. Nice. 1998. Uh, these things were, to me, these were kind of creepy, but they were little creatures. Furbies. There you go. 1999. Uh, you told your aunt you didn't want any more of these, but she got you those anyway. Pokemon. Yep. Specifically the game Red and Blue. Oh, okay. Or or as my uh, my parents' generation would say, Pokemon. Yeah, Pokemon. <laughs> I'm going to strangle you. If you call it Pokemon one more time, I'm going to strangle you. <laughs> you know, it's like right now with the Mandalorian being huge, uh, people keep calling Baby Yoda Baby Yoda, but, you yeah. know, it's not really Baby Yoda. Yeah. <laughs> but, like, I don't have the heart to, like, correct anybody because I don't no, know. I- like, they asked me how to, like, I don't know. Nobody actually knows what the creature is. <laughs> so just call him Baby Yoda. That's fine with me. I don't care. Yeah. yeah he's adorable either way. Uh, 2000. Uh, I had to look up what this thing was. I did not know what this was, but apparently this was huge. Um, It's a, all right, it's a pet, but it's also um a robot. Oh, are those those robot dog things? Yes. Yes. Uh, what was the Tes- name of it? Uh, Texca. A Texca robotic dog is what it's called. Okay. Uh, 2001, this is when you can see kids are asking for more expensive things. Uh, this was before we, uh, before the iPhone, there was this, and you, you mostly used for music. Oh, uh, iPod Shuffle. There you go. Was it the Shuffle specifically, or just iPod in general? Uh, it just said iPod in general, but I think oh. I would have said Shuffle. Yeah. That's what I, I think that's what I had. Uh, in 2002... Uh, I remember these just because um, this is when I was old enough to start getting uh, toys for kids in my family, and these were huge with the girls here. It's a type of doll. Ugh. When somebody's a young, when somebody's acting very selfish and throwing tantrums, what do you call them? Oh boy, yeah, this might be tough. I don't know if you'll know this one. This might be yeah. This might be the only one I don't get. Uh... Yeah, you've been doing really good. Tantrums, man. That brats. Oh my god, brats. Yes, yes. yes. <laughs> nice, nice. You pulled that one out. I like it. Yeah, I did. All right. I remember this toy. Uh, I wanted one of these, even though I had already graduated high school at this time. Uh, Two thousand and three. Uh, this is a game where uh, you go against a buddy, and it sort of used. Uh, you remember tops? You know, you'd spin tops, but they would battle each other. Oh, Beyblade, Beyblade. Yeah, there you go. Uh, 2004, uh, back in 2000, we talked about the robotic dog. This is kind of a version of that, but of, uh, like a, a, an ape or a monkey. Ape or a monkey. <sighs> We're kind of getting to the years where you might not know some of these, because I had to look I figured I'd do pretty well in this era. Oh, man. <laughs> uh, I was still getting toys then. Uh. Well, can you say the clue again? I apologize. Uh, you know, it's earlier I'd said that we had a robotic dog. Yes. Uh, this is like that, but this version is of a a monkey or an ape. My instant thought is that banging, like that banging monkey with the with the <laughs> with the symbols. Yeah, <laughs> no, but no, I know that. that's not it. I know that's not it. All right, I have to, I have to pass on this one. Robo Sapien. Oh my god. Oh. 2000, yeah, 2005. I had no idea what these things were, um, so I don't even know how to I- explain this to you. But they're really strange little creatures. I'll give you the first 
This is a all one word, but the first part of the word is web. Uh, we web webkins. There you uh, go. Yes. No, that's it. Okay. Yes. Uh, I know what this next thing is. 2006, uh, Nintendo releases this system. It became a massive, successful hit for them. Nintendo Wii. There you go. In 2007, uh, this became a massive hit with the play uh, with the uh, Sony people, and I already kind of gave it away. Mass hit with the Sony people. Yes. PSP. No. You're you're on the right track. PS3. PS3. There you go. Yes. Okay. Also, the iPod Touch was very huge during this time too. Okay. So you can tell that uh, kids are wanting more expensive things. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> For <yeah>. sure. <laughs> all right. All right. 2008. I kind of remember these from when I was a kid, but they sort of reimagined them and brought them back. Uh, it's really small versions of uh, a place where you could get where you would actually go in real life to go get pets. Something pet shop. Yes. Littlest yes. pet shop. First. Yes. Okay. Littlest pet shop. There you go. All right. 2009. I did not know these were a thing, but I kind of wish I did. Uh, these were little furry uh, animals. They weren't really animals, but they were. They resembled animals, and they would kind of go like they would go places. Uh, hmm. I had a the real life version of this when I was a kid. Um, I'm trying to think. Like it, you, it's these little creatures you and the real versions of these you put in little cages and then run it in their wheels. Oh, hamsters! Uh, yes. Hamsters, something. Oh crap! Zoom, zoom. No, uh, close. You're on the right track here. You're okay. on the right track. I'm gonna have to. Pass. I I never heard of these, so I don't know if, if you're gonna know this. I I feel like I was I think I was working at Target around this time and I, I uh yeah I kind I know what you mean but I, yeah I can't think of the name of it Go Go Pet Hamster oh, God. <laughs> Yeah <laughs> All right, 2010 this is also I also remember these cuz uh kids in my family one of these uh another type of doll uh, these are more of the like uh Frankenstein and Dracula and all that type of version Oh of Monster High Yes all right, 2011. This was a uh, this kind of uh, spawned a new version of video games in a way where you would actually use figures with your video game, little toy figures you could buy. Oh, oh! It started off with that Spyro game. What was it? Yes. Uh, yes. You know what this is? You're getting it. Something Landers. Yes. Skylanders. Yes. 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 Skylander. All right, 2012. Uh, this was follow. Uh, this was a follow up to the Nintendo Wii. Two hundred twelve. Was it the Wii U? Yes, it was. Uh, a very underrated system in my eyes. I never, uh, never got to play it, but it looked cool. I had, yeah, I had one, and I loved mine. And I still have it, actually. Uh, oh. 2000, 2013. Um, this is this kind of blew me away. This was another time where there was another one of these. It happened in two thousand already. And then it happened again in 2013. Another version of it. Oh, I forgot what the 2001 was. It uh, was a ro- it was a um, it was a robot pet. Oh, okay. So another robot pet. Um, crap. I can't think of it. The Techno ro- is another dog robot, but it's called the Techno. Oh, okay. Uh, in 2014, uh, these things. Um, a lot of kids, we used them to make bracelets and stuff using rubber bands, like different brightly colored rubber bands. Oh. I know you made a bunch of these. Like That's how I got my friendship bracelet. <laughs> Your friend? Yeah. I made a bunch I made a bunch of these? I'm just making a joke there. Oh, I was like, what? <laughs> Did you know me back then? <laughs> no, I, I don't know. Some, some type of bracelet? Yeah, Rainbow Loom. Oh, yeah. No idea. Apparently, this was a huge thing. All right. You'll get this next one. 2015. Uh, we've already covered this movie. So, this is the first part. I'm going to help you out here. Uh, Force Awakens. All right. Okay. You're very close. Uh, one of the most popular droids in that was... BB-8. Yes. So, the BB-8 toy. You know, the one you can actually remote control. And oh, actually yeah. That thing. Okay. I do remember yes. that. All right. 2016. Uh, these things... I, these things were huge. I remember these. Uh, they came in uh, eggs, and you didn't know what they were. 
until they hatchables. There you go. All right, 2017. I do not know what these things are, uh, but I do know what blind boxes are. You know, you get this. You don't know what they're in. What's in the box until you open it. This is sort of a version of that. Uh, but they had like little dolls in them. Oh boy. Yeah. I, if you don't get this one, I don't blame you. Yeah, I don't think I know. LOL surprise. Yeah, definitely did not have any inclination yeah, of knowing what that was. I would have never gotten that one either. <laughs> um, 2018. <laughs> I did not know these were a thing either, but this may be one of the greatest names to a toy I've ever heard of. <laughs> uh, they would, um, they would kind of attach to uh, either like a wire or or one of your digits on your hand. And they would kind of, they were sort of, uh, not really totally robots, but they did have motions they can make and stuff. Uh, but they're of different animals and such. That's what they would resemble. But they had a name for these things. This was just last year? Yes. I, I don't have, I, I'm like trying to imagine it, but I can't even think of anything like that. They're... I'm too immature for this name. Fingerlings. <laughs> oh, okay. Okay. Um, yeah. yeah. You know, fingerlings. <laughs> okay. Well, I got most of them right. So that's good. That's good. So, uh, Excellent. Up... Yeah, I wanted to look up this year. Uh, uh, there's no real actual thing that actually says. They just have a bunch of toys that they think could be. Uh, one of the things was a, and you tell me if you've heard of this, all right, the Skyrocket Pumsy Lumsies. Nope. Don't know what in the world that is whatsoever. Uh, but there's also some honorable mentions during this time. Uh, He-Man was huge at some point, so his toys were very popular. Skateboards at one point were a thing kids always asked for. Uh, I remember this because my cousin, who stayed with us all the time when she was really young, was a giant Barney fan, loved Barney the Dinosaur. Uh, so Barney the Dinosaur, Little Purple Dinosaur stuff toy was huge. Okay. And, of course, uh, Teddy Ruxpin was also huge at one point. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yep. So there's your list of uh, all the most popular toys from 1963 to uh, this year. Very good. So, man, I think it's time for us to discuss uh, how Santa still stands in uh, today's pop culture. <laughs> Merry Christmas. <laughs> Merry Christmas. I dare say he's still fairly huge. Uh, you know, as obviously the holidays gotten more commercial and more commercial, that really doesn't affect Santa Claus, I don't feel. Uh, he still is a very popular figure. I do know there are more and more parents who are uh, sort of keeping their kids away from that stuff. Yeah. Um, but I, that kind of makes me sad because I know as a kid that Santa Claus was some of my most favorite memories. And if, if I'm ever fortunate enough to have kids, I'm, I'm not taking that away from them personally. No, I can never, uh, you know, it, everybody has their different belief and philosophy as the reason of the season. But like Santa Claus is the most universal, uh, figurehead of Christmas. You know, I remember, you know, going to the mall and taking pictures with Santa, uh, I just did it a couple years ago with one of my friends just to just to do it, and I loved it. I thought it was great, and you know I just it, it it's so important. I I I love Santa. I love the idea of him. I love the the joy it brings on kids' faces. You know, as I get older, I I, I you know, as we get older, we 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 kind of lose sight of some of that innocence that we once had as kids. And you know, when you when you're at a place and you see a three, four, five, six, seven. Eight-year-old kid, uh, when Santa comes into the room, and just their eyes just lighten, brighten up, and smile, and they're screaming, and they're excited. Uh, it actually brings joy to my cold heart, and like that's yeah. one of the reasons why I can't wait to have kids. Like I'm excited for that on that sentiment is is for that to you know to to see that to be able to experience experience that as a parent. But um, yeah, I mean there's. There's no reckon. I mean, yeah. There's there's some recognizable holiday mascots, pretty much. But I don't think it gets really much better than uh, what Santa Claus. We've seen him portrayed in in all sorts of different media's. You know, we did the movie tournament, which Tim Allen Santa Claus won. Uh, you know, he's always in some kind of new TV show, uh, some kind of new movie. Yeah. 
Yeah, I think Netflix just actually released a movie this year, this month. Uh, oh, did with they? Santa Claus. Yeah. Okay. So, it's like, he's still in movies. So, which is good. You know, that's important. It helps keep that, you know, uh, idea alive uh, in young kids. And uh, Greg, last year, I think I think it was either Greg or uh, our former co-host Chris Gallo on panel discussion, he read a sweet Santa Claus action-adventure comic. Uh, it was a one-off holiday special. And it was one of the coolest things. So there's so much media, uh, you know, revolving around Santa Claus around this time. Um, they actually only that specific comic book. They legit only released it around Christmas, and it wasn't like a year-long multi-session. It was only at Christmas time. They did a one-off holiday special every year. So, um, but yeah, he's always just an important fixture in, in media, which is always good to see. Yeah, I agree completely. I think he'll be around for quite a while. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah, I don't yeah. see him going anywhere. As long as, uh, as long as people still believe he'll always be there. Exactly. Exactly. Just like Retro Pop. Uh, as long as you believe in us, uh, we'll we'll be here. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Along with the rest of the BICBP Radio Network. Cheap plug. That's right. That's uh, right. Uh, yeah, go check it out. Uh, Matt, do you want to drop any hints what next episode is going to be about? Uh, I mean, I don't, I don't know about a direct hint, but first and foremost, I just wanted to... Thank you for being a friend. Uh, I appreciate you very much, and yeah. through this holiday season, and you know, I, there's a even part of me the, that, that even with the even with the card attached, even with the card attached, you know, uh, it, it was great talking with you this year. It brought up a lot of great memories, you know, from like picture it, Sicily, 1922. Uh, you know, the, just those kind of memories that they really they. It, it warms my heart. So, um, all right, I'm just going to come out and say because I'm really bad at leaving hints. Next, but we are opening up 2020 with the Golden Girls TV I, show. Uh, this is our first, uh, a, well, this is going to be our first TV show, I think, episode that we've done. Uh, yes. Trying to mix up the themes of everything. So, uh, I'm excited I, to really talk about I honestly this. can't, I can't lie to you. I am beyond excited. I love the Golden Girls. I think as I've gotten older, I actually... Love the show even more. I even loved the show as a kid because my parents would watch it and I'd watch it with them. But uh, it still holds up, so I can't wait for this. I'm going to watch some episodes just to prepare myself. I watch the marathons on TV Land all of the time. It is so good, and and yeah, like it, that's that's another show. We'll get more deeply into that. Uh, but like, and we'll I also figure with... out <laughs> for our audience. We'll also figure out Matt. We'll figure out uh, which Golden Girl man you are. <laughs> Yes, we'll have to take like a BuzzFeed quitter. Yes, quiz there's got to be one, right? I'm sure there, has there to is. Be one. Perfect. I like the sound of that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, thanks for joining us. Um, we hope everybody, as we said before, whatever you're celebrating this year, uh, we hope that you have a good time. Uh, and we can't thank you enough for listening to us. It very much, you know, we, we both have said it. We're both very cynical and cold-hearted and just, you know, hate everything about everything, including ourselves. So it's good to uh, have little warm feelings that come up every once in a while. So uh, the fact that we have listeners who uh, seem to really enjoy the show is very awesome. Especially uh, this we, time of year, too, which is important yes, for, for us. Because yes. podcasting isn't really great. There's not really great listenership numbers. Uh, not to get too technical and weird, but it's a busy month for everybody. We understand Christmas shopping, this and that. But uh, we still have a very big following. And, yeah, we can't say enough how much we thank you. We've only been around since, when did we start this, September? Yes, we're uh, not I think very we're like, old. No, eight, nine, nine episodes maybe at the most uh, right now. This might be the ninth, if I'm not mistaken. But, um, yeah, this is this has been a blast. We can't wait to, you know, to offer what we have to offer in 2020. There's going to be so much more. Uh, yeah, just, I, I'm, I'm excited. Uh, you know, I, this year i've been just super you know going into 2020 there's just so much we can work with and uh and yeah i we're we're very excited to bring retro pop to you uh you know in 2020 yes so uh, uh for matt johnson i'm johnny townsend uh stand by that fire that you hear crinkling and and roaring in the background and stay warm uh, have a good holiday and uh if you happen to see santa claus tell him hey for us and that you've been a good person this year, like Retro Pop has. Uh, and as always, um, thank you for listening. And it's time for us to uh, go up the chimney and back to the North Pole. <laughs> <laughs>